star, I got class and I got Henny overflowing up my shop. Welcome to the Sports After Party podcast with me, Jezza and Afro. We are bringing you the weekly sports conversations from across the globe. Welcome to the party. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get it. And we're back. Back again. Afo, how you doing, bro? Yes, Jez. I am great. I am great. It's been a good week. The sun's been shining hella bright. The Arsenal have finally got back-to-back wins. The first podcast has done great. A lot of positive feedback. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm really, really looking forward to being back. Back on the mic. Back talking to the people. As you said, mentioned, a lot of people really enjoyed the first one. So, you know, yeah. fingers crossed we can hit them back with a bit more fire. Uh, so today on the Sports After Party podcast, we are talking about, um, I'm not looking forward to this, but we're talking about Liverpool um, and how good of a team they are this year, um, where they stack up against the other greats and, and also the Premier League in general. You know, my boys, Man United, did a did the dirty on, uh, on, the, on the week, during the week again. So we're going to go through that. Um, we're going to talk about Bubba Wallace. Um, so for those of you guys who don't know, um, Bubba Wallace is the only black NASCAR driver um, and in his garage there was a noose that the um, one of his pit crew found in his garage, um, the number 43 garage. So we'll talk a little bit about that and a little bit about the backlash coming from that. And then finally, we are going to talk about a legend in my eyes, in my eyes, a first ballot Hall of Famer, um, one of the best dunkers to ever do it. In my opinion, he is the best. Um, and that's Vince Carter. He's called he's called quits on his career at the moment, and uh, he's going to mm. be retiring into the sunset. So, Afo, let's start with the Liverpool. What's your thoughts at the moment? How well did they do uh, this season? They've been crowned Premier League champs. Where yeah. do they stack up? That, that Liverpool team, I think, just, just to think about what they've achieved. Um, I think with the greatness that they they um, they had this season, people forget that they were equally as good last season. Like they, they lost to Man City by one point last season. And to think that they were able to remain strong, keep it going, um, not be disheartened by the fact that they lost in, in the manner in which they lost the title last season. And to come back better, stronger, with more belief, more cockiness, more confidence. And for me, that 4-0 result against Crystal Palace just just highlights how good a team they are. That, like For me, from the goals they cons- the goals they scored to the way they dominated the game, that Liverpool team is really, really special. And um, props to Klopp and the whole team in Liverpool for putting it together and, and yeah, making it, giving Liverpool their first title in 30 years. It's crazy saying it, but officially Liverpool have um, a title. They have a league title, but, league title. I thought they, they definitely weren't as good as they were. Um, last year, they weren't equally as good. Um, you know, last year they finished on ni- on 97 points. Um, this year, they're already on 86. And last year, that Liverpool team, they still looked a little bit shaky, um, you know, on, on their back four. Um, even though Virgil came in and, and did a business, they, they still were... Um, leaking goals at some points and they just didn't have the same sort of solidity that they have now um, and one thing that they had last year is that um, is that they would lose or they would draw or lose these these games that now they're managing to squeak out one one nil victories and you know be dominant and dominate the ball and and not give ch- clubs even a chance really so I don't think they're equally as good last year at all what did you, so if you look if you look at their record last season they've they're going to concede 
um, a whole lot more goals this season in comparison to last season. So last season, uh, they just conceded 22 goals in the Premier League. Right now, they're on 21 goals and they've played 31 games. So for me, instantly, you have to take that as what it is. They've been even, well, last season they were even better defensively. That's when Van Dijk had his, I'll be one of the best players in the world um, title and people singing his praises all the time. It was virtually impossible to break them down last season. Um, and, and, And this season, when you look again at the record, 21 goals already. Again, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. But the thing that last season, um, at the end of the 38 games, they'd only conceded 22. To me, that just highlights how um, how good their defence was and how great Man City were last season. Well, I mean, you say that, but their points tally is... is, is they're going to smash their points tally that they did last year, right? I mean, if, if, if everything goes the way that it's supposed to, they're going to get well over 100 points. So, for me, I, I don't know. To say that they're doing it equally as good as they did last year, it sounds like a bit of a disservice, to be honest. Um, I think this year, it just has been sensational in the sense that, you know, those those games that they lost against Man City last year, that they're this year, they, they just don't look like they want to lose a game or they can lose a game. They, they're always out there um, just scrapping for these, and their their performances this year have have been a lot worse than theirs last year. You know, last year they were blowing teams away every week, looking phenomenal. This year they've had to scrape through a lot of victories and and win win ugly. You know, and, and a lot of the time that was a whole cliche for a long time around how it is. Um, yet to to win the league, you have to win ugly. You have to win those one nil games away at Stoke. Yeah. And blah blah blah. So for me, I think they just had that extra bit of dog and determination, you know, the, that little bit of Fergie time effect, being able to score late, late winners and, and, and whatnot. So, yeah, I I think maybe it's a little bit of a disservice to say that they, they're equally as good. I think they've taken up a level while some of the other clubs around them, specifically Man City, um, this season have just fallen by the wayside. And I think maybe if they had that extra pressure around having a team nipping at their heels, they might have actually um, not have had the as dominant of a season. But unfortunately, Man City fell by the wayside. Tottenham fell by the wayside. And uh, unfortunately, Man United and Arsenal are nowhere to be seen. So, yeah. Um, okay, no, yeah, I, I feel you on that. I think just, the, just on the fact that they were able to keep it going and have an even better season um, or have a more successful season kind of highlights all of that. But for me, just seeing that their average goals for this season is lower than it was last season, it's probably going to finish lower. Um, they conceded more goals this season as well. So when I look at how they finished last season and all the teams, and we're first, second, third, fourth, and look at how everyone is doing this season, Man City being the closest, and you think about it, their best defender, Laporte, was out for 30 games, which for me... I, I feel that's the big difference. That that was the big difference. Kevin De Bruyne as well, out for a significant number of games as well. So when you have key players like that um, out of your squad, and again, everyone has injuries, but team like Man City, it seemed the moment that they lost Laporte, uh, Laporte he, all of a sudden, it looked like anyone could score against them. And that's the reason why when they lost that game, against when they lost against Norwich, um, away and everyone was in shock, couldn't believe it. It was like, is it match fixing? <laughs> what's what's happened here? And to 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 look at all those things happening to them, it, it's a no brainer as to why Liverpool would have won the league. And um, they're playing each other again before the season runs out, which should be fun on Thursday. And um, 
yeah, both teams have their best players. We'll see how that ends up. So let me let me take you through anyway. So obviously I highlighted the three squads that I thought were exceptional during during their time. Um, so I've picked the best eleven out of all those teams. So I've tried to pick a best eleven. Tried to be reasonable. I've tried to take everything in consideration and have a good balance. Not keep it all Arsenal players. So okay. in goal, I put Schmeichel. So Peter Schmeichel from the ninety eight ninety nine United squad. So I've got him playing as my goalkeeper. So wait, wait, before you go further, uh, so this is the treble winning United team. This is the invincible Arsenal's, and is it the, the Liverpool team? And and yeah, so I've, so I'm picking for sorry from four teams. So yeah, the 1999 United treble winning squad, um, Man City squad last season, um, Liverpool squad this season, and the Arsenal beating squad 2000, 2003 2004. Okay, let's go for it. So, so I'm picking from there. So. Peter Schmeichel in goal. That's who I've got. Helping me out there. Then at left back, I put Ashley Cole. I was, I was, cl- I was close to considering um, Robertson, um, but I just feel like in terms of impact and what he brought, brought to the table, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have Ashley Cole there. Let Robertson do a bit more and maybe he will, uh, he will beat him there. Then I've got Van Dyke as one of my centre-backs and company as my other centre-back. So for me, what? I just feel... Uh, listen, this is my. It's not your team. This is my team. This is my team. <laughs> <laughs> this is my team. So what? I have, I have um, Van Dyke because just on the on the fact that he was able to get top three and no no Premier League centre back has gone close to that. So for me, that's the reason why I put him there. And then when I think about Man City and what they've achieved and um, how essentially there were nobodies and they spent and were able to dominate English football. Um, Company was the person I was leading that. So for me, I, I just think when Company on his day, he was virtually impossible to get past. He's a great motivator, um, great great leader, great captain. And for me, I think he deserves to be in that other position with Van Dyke. So I was close to considering Yap Stam um, instead of Company. But for me, I just thought... How could you not, mate? How I, could for you me, not? For me, just for what uh, Company achieved and what he did for that team. I just thought it was a no-brainer. So, company there. Then, right back, I've got Trent Arnold, of course. So, he he has, he's got, four, I want to say 14 assists. He's got 14 assists this season. So, 14 assists, three goals, which, again, is it was impressive for someone playing in that position. So, he's having a great position, great year. Great year playing right back. Yeah, 14 goals. Um, and then, in midfield, I went with Vieira, Paul Scholes and Kevin De Bruyne. So I was battling with um, Patrick Vieira and, and Roy Keane um, to just think who, who deserves it more. So I picked Vieira because he was in six team of the seasons for Arsenal and Roy Keane was just in four for Manchester United. Um, I just think that Vieira well, was a better That's because we had better players. Sorry? Go on. Yeah, obviously Vieira is going to be your play. Obviously Vieira is going to be your player of the season. No, 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 um, not ours. I'm talking Premier players. League. I'm talking Premier League player of the season. So in terms of team of the uh, season, okay. but okay, Premier League, okay. Vieira was there more than Keane, and and for me, Vieira was the more talented of the two players. So that's why I got Vieira there. Right. Um, then I got Scolzi in there. I put Scholes. David Silva was close by, but I just thought, yeah, put Scholes. I feel like when a lot of legendary players, great players, consistently talk about a player and his ability, you have to listen. So 
for me, um, I feel score sometimes is underrated a little bit by the public. So I thought, you know what, let me what try to score in there. 4-3-3. 4-3-3. 4-3-3. I put Scorsi okay. in there. Um, then I put Kevin De Bruyne because, again, he, he looks unbelievable every single time he plays. Um, in terms of his long-range passing, the accuracy of his passing, just the great free kick he scored against Chelsea last week. Um, I think he's an extremely talented player. And it's just funny, when I look back at old videos, when he first signed for Man City, and just the, the backlash that some of the guys on Sky Sports were giving Man City for signing him for the amount that they signed him at the time, it was around 50 million. Um, and them just saying how it doesn't make any sense, he's not, going, he's not that great, there's a reason why Chelsea sold him. And all of a sudden, they're, they're all um, screaming about how great he is. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting one for me. So, yeah, I put Kevin De Bruyne. I didn't think there was anyone else that could take his spot there, but Kevin. And then up front, I went with a three. So I went with Thierry Henry playing on the left side. Because again, typically, he liked to cut him from, from, the, from, the, from that side to score his goals. Then I got Aguero. put Aguero there. That, that was an easy one for me. And then I put Salah. So Salah can win. <laughs> so for me, I, 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 I put... <laughs> Salah! Okay, so who would you have put? Bex, you have Why to put, you put Bex, Bex on, on the right. Why would you put Bex on the oh, right? Oh my gosh, you have to. Why? D Bex. Oh, okay, wait, hold on. Firstly, work rate. Who? There's not a lot of people that are working in that team that you've just got there. Um, a lot. I'm, I see not, a lot I'm going not, forward. I'm not trying to create the. the I'm not trying to make, create the perfect team for FIFA, bro. I'm. I'm creating. I'm just for FIFA. I'm talking sport. about the people. I'm talking about for real life here. Um, David Bex is. It had had um, the most amazing work rate. Um, what? You know, he was. So you think what, Beckham what, is going to go down as, as more of a legend than Kevin De Bruyne, Jeremy? No, no, no. He's going to go in there over as a legend over in this team in the Premier League annals. He'll be much more, um, much more uh, recognised than Mo Salah. Mo Salah had one great season last year, and obviously um, he's, he's he, he does he does he does some very good um, stuff this year as well. But David Beckham has been cons- was consistent, and also his work rate. I think who the hell is going to be supplying the the you know you got some more you need some more crosses into the box than just um, from Paul Scholes and so why do you think I put Trent there? Kevin? Why do you think I put Trent? But but he, Trent Trent needs someone to help him. He needs someone uh, to yeah, help he's him. He's got Trent. He's got Trent. He's got Scholes. We know he's what Kevin, what Trent Kevin Trent is. Look, you've got Kevin De Bruyne. You've got um, Scholes. Those boys on. I mean, Scholes is going to give you a lot of fouls, but obviously he's going to be classing the ball. Um, De Bruyne is not making any tackles. Okay, um, Aguero's not working hard for you. Um, Thierry Henry, maybe, maybe later on Thierry, but not you know young days. You need you need Bex in there. You need Bex okay. in there. So you, you need that dead ball that, ability as well. So you highlighted that Salah hasn't had great seasons. So bro, last few seasons since he's been at Liverpool, 32, 22, 17 in terms of goals. So when when someone is scoring the sheer number of goals, you have to respect it. So, right, you already have Thierry Henry in there. You already have um, Aguero in there. Those guys are way more prolific scorers. You don't need there, Be- there's Beckham, no need Beckham, for Salah to be in there as well. For, when you when you're picking a team, I don't think Beckham's best season compares to Salah's best season. I don't I don't think you can compare the two. Hold on, what, 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 what you, I mean, if if you're comparing you're comparing uh, a striker to a to a winger or, or a right midfielder, um, I think. Yeah, in terms of uh, Bex's uh, influence on the game and his work rate, the the the, the needs Jamie, that you have for Mo Salah in that team. You. 
That's not the Go question on. I asked you, bro. That's not the question I yeah. asked you. I said, what did who you ask? Is the, I'm saying who has had the best Who's the better player? Yeah. Who's had the better season? No, if it's a better player, Sal- it's David Beckham. Salah's Sal- 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 Yeah, Becks. Oh, come on. See, this is why you can't talk to Man United fans, bro. This is why you can't talk to you. Like, what do you mean David Beckham is the better player? Of course he's not the better player. He, he does He does, He does. does more. He does more. He does more than Salah. He does more. That's, I mean, that's 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 a fact. He does and, more. And what, and what are you basing that on? What, so because he runs hard? What do you want? So, so you want... So you don't, no, no, no. Uh, because his dead ball... To this team here, we're picking the all-time uh, greatest... Um, Premier League team in this team well from, from between those four squads Beckham has to be in there because of what you said just then um, Aguero for me offers um, the goals Thierry Henry offers the goals um, you have you have a great um, platform in midfield even though that platform is a little bit shaky in my opinion um, if you're having Vieira do all that work for these guys you're not you're not going to get the best out of him going forward but I guess you you have um, Kevin and, and Paul to do that but for me, Mo Salah, what he offers on that on that on that right um, side of the, of the pitch does not compare because you're playing a a four three three, and on yeah. on that right right wing ring side for me, David Beckham would be a lot more valuable to this team than Mo Salah, because I'm what I'm saying. The only reason I'm saying that in that position is because uh, Salah. What what he's offered in the in the last few seasons has been majorly been his goals. Yes, he offers any other things around the pitch. I think that's the old Wayne Rooney argument that people like to throw out there. But um, if you if you, if I want work rate, if I want someone who's when he's having a bad game, he's still going to be impactful on the on the pitch. If I want dead ball, if I want any anyone of this team to take my dead balls, it's it's Bex as well. Um, and yeah, he adds he adds to the he yeah, adds to the defensive not, solidity um, solidity. Well, that's that's not the most important thing. Like I think fair enough with the dead ball and all that. But again, Trent offers that. Paul Scholes offers that, and Kevin De Bruyne. Right? Yeah, but none of again, them are be as good as David Beckham. If they, come on, bro, you don't don't what, don't act what, as if David Beckham wouldn't be. So yeah, you're telling me that your oh, you're telling me your free kicks and your um, corners are going are not going to be taken by David Beckham if he's on the pitch. I think is, it's a it, is that what you're him, saying? I think it's a it's a battle between him and Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, of course it is. Oh gosh, oh, of course gosh. it is. Like you, you can't you can't diminish and try and act like Kevin De Bruyne's ability on the ball um, and striking a dead ball is not exceptional. Like fair enough, that's what Beckham is known it's for. Not it's not Bex. It's not Bex. It's not Bex. It's exceptional. That freak against Chelsea was Bex. That goal by Trent against um, Crystal Palace that was Bex. Oh, bro. yes. I, I feel like you're, 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 you're see exactly. You're saying. That was Bex, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what that is. He's the gold nah. standard. He's nah. the gold standard. That's you even said. You said it just now. He said that was now, Bex. You need to get me up. What his um, when it comes to free kicks, how often does it turn into a goal? Because unless you're trying to tell me that 100 percent of his free kicks are goals, which they're not, I wouldn't be surprised if again the ratings and the percentages are are similar between Bex, Kevin De Bruyne, um, and and Trent. So Beckham is known for his striking of the ball. Um, and yeah, that was the most important and best part of his game. But in terms of his ability on the ball, Trent and Kevin De Bruyne strike it as sweetly. As sweetly. Um, and yeah, I think when Kevin De Bruyne leaves, it's probably when people like you would, would pay attention to more stuff like that. But to, oh, come on. To, to, try, come on to, try, to try and argue that David Beckham is the reason why, because of his dead ball ability and crossing the ball and all that kind of stuff. When 
Trent will be able to do that from the wi- from the wing anyway, playing as a fullback. Bro, that's that's absurd. That's absurd. And that's absurd. Um, wait, like hold on, hold on. Well, you're you're you're, say- you're saying that's absurd because I'm I'm making the argument that the, the need for Mo Salah in, in that team is weakened because what the team that you just I'm... put forward to me has has more uh, would would need Beckham over Mo Salah. Okay, so Jeremy, can you at least so, admit? I... Can you can you admit that? Can you admit that? I... Admit what? Sorry, go on. Admit what? That 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 team that you named would benefit more from David Beckham than it would Mo Salah. I don't think so. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so because just look at the way Liverpool play. You're, you're acting as if Salah doesn't really move around. Like he, he moves. He chases the ball. He puts pressure on the defenders. He chases. When back Mo Salah he... looks at when when look Mo Salah does not is not interested in the game. He doesn't affect it. Do you, do you know? I think for me, I've based mine on, I've based this team on who I think is the best based off all the different squads I told you about. So for me, I think Salah's best season, I don't think Beckham's best season match up, in my opinion. Um, and then no, the reason you, why what, what, what you're what you're putting up, what you're, what you're matching is a goals to assist or something when. Uh, David Beckham, his game wasn't about grabbing goals. Yes, he managed to grab a fair few, but you have to remember he was more about you know work rate, being being um, obviously being, putting in those beautiful crosses. Um, it was it was about supporting Gary Nev, um, and it was it was being a, a vital cog in that team. So I don't know if, yeah. if you if you're you lying. If you're, you're, lying. Like, you're straight up lying. You're straight up lying. There's no I'm way. I'm lying. telling you now. There's no way now you're picking that. You're picking a team now. And you're picking David Beckham with a Mo Salah. Oh my there is, there gosh! Is, there, there is people no like, way. People love to disrespect this guy because he's famous, David Beckham, uh, with his ability on on the TV, or, or that he's got married to Posh Spice. Come on, people actually forget that this guy is a several time um, finisher in the Ballon d'Or races. Um, yeah, and, and no they, they, they don't no, no, no. No one said he's not born. No, no, no. But, but you, if, you if, said if you, you said that I was now, lying. That if I took Mo Salah, you said I was lying. Yeah, to, to take my Salah over over David Beckham, absolutely there's, there's, not. Absolutely there's, there's, not. There's, there's no way if they do a ranking now of all the best players, or they rank, um, yeah, when when eventually Mo Salah and all that retire, David Beckham is not going to be close to Mo Salah in the rating. Oh my gosh, he's not going to be close. Is what is Beckham a top twenty player in Premier League history? Mo Salah is it? Yeah, maybe not yet. Maybe not yet. But I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of it all he is. In prep... <laughs> Gosh, I think you have to respect. It's not easy It's not easy to score 20-plus goals. So I was looking at your guys as well. Dwight York and... Um, Dwight York and Andy Cole. Bro, they didn't score 20 goals regularly in the league, which I was surprised by. Yeah, so because Dwight York, they had each Dwight other. York, Dwight York is we we never did, we never relied on one person. Dwight York we never relied yeah, fair, on one person. Fair enough, but still, yeah, you'd still expect your striker to hit twenty, don't you think? What I mean, if you have goals coming from Dwight, you have um, from Yorkie, from Cole, from Sh- Teddy, from our midfield, um, from from you know Irwin as well, popping him in when he can. No nah, man, what 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 do I need? What do I need my t- my strikers one one person on my team to be scoring more than twenty? Why nah, do I get uh, why why, why don't I get 
why don't I get some? Why don't I get uh, like my midfielders to be scoring ten, um, my uh, my other striking partner to be scoring um, just below twenty, um, and then goals coming from everywhere. I would much prefer that because that, that that's an actual squad. Because in that in that way, oh goals coming from off my bench as well. Nah, bro, I, I'd much prefer that than relying on one person. Okay, no, do you know what? that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, but for me, I, like I said, I was just surprised that that your guys. I believe it was just. I think it was Andy Cole who hit twenty goals once whilst he was at Manchester United. So for me, when I was just looking at that, I was like, oh, okay, surprised, surprised by that. But um, yeah, you make a good point. You're getting goals from elsewhere, then it balances out a little bit, so it's not the end of the world. But anyway, anyway, that that that's the team I came up with. Um, again. I've based it off how quality they were in each of those seasons and who I feel, if you're going to put them head-to-head, who would be number one or who would be, who would win in a head-to-head between those two. So um, that's the reason why I've picked the players that I've picked today. But no, You know what, fair enough. A fair play for putting that, that team together. There's a load of different uh, players that you could potentially miss in there. I think you got, you got most of it right. I think you do have to pick between whether you pick Vieira and... And Roy Keane in that squad, and I think you probably have to put Vieira over, over Keane. But uh, yeah, no, good squad, good squad, good squad, yeah. man. All right, so uh, moving on, we have uh, the issue of racism in NASCAR. So I'll be quite honest with you, Afro. I am not the biggest NASCAR fan. I've never watched it. Mm. The uh, the only um, thing related to NASCAR that I've watched is Talladega Nights. Um, okay. That's an amazing film that I. Uh, tell everyone to go out and watch the amazing Will Ferrell uh, comedy. But moving on, uh, there is an issue around Bubba Wallace. Uh, so when they did the, uh, I, think, I think it was the Talladega race, um, they actually were fa- were put into a garage that had a noose in it. Yes, um, so in, in Bubba Alabama, Wallace yeah. was, no, yeah, in Alabama. So Bubba Wallace is the only black a NASCAR driver, and recently he's done a lot of work in removing the Confederate flag from NASCAR, uh, which has been hit with a lot of backlash. And uh, and yes, it was kind of topped off last week with them finding a noose inside his garage. Um, Afo, do you want to take it from there? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, it's just interesting when you think about the whole picture and everything that's going on across the globe. Um, and the Confederate flag is something that's very prominent at all NASCAR races. It seems that that's very much what people use to represent them and to, um, yeah, just that's what they use at all NASCAR events. So for NASCAR to support Bobba and say, yep, you're right, we're going to be banning these from all future races, I think that was a very powerful statement. And um, again, like you said, we're both not really NASCAR fans, um, but the moment when you hear stuff like that and it becomes main news and and you, you hear about it, you you're, you you take an interest and you and you're fascinated by it. So yeah. when you hear that Bubble being one of the only black people in NASCAR, the only black person in NASCAR at the moment, riding and he's done something too powerful and NASCAR supported him. It's great. And then to find out with less than a week that when they go head out to Alabama for for the, um, the next I guess set of races, especially after. Um, players supporting him and everything. They find a noose um, in the garage. And bear in mind, there's garages all over America for all these NASCAR events. 
And when the FBI did their investigation, they didn't find one noose in any other garage. So for me, when you hear that and you take that into consideration and you think that for all the drivers that were at the Alabama racetrack, one in the one garage that Bubble was assigned to, there was a noose. I don't know. It sounds a little bit deliberate to me. I, I, well, I find it hard to believe that it's a coincidence. If, it's, if it wasn't, um, if it's been there for however long they say it's been there, which is at least 2019, then I don't understand out of all the drivers that were assigned that garage, how come it happened to be the one black person who pushed for um, NASCAR to get rid of the um, Confederate flag? Look, Afo, I think th- for me, I, I, I do, uh, I don't want people to think, I'll be honest, I think that it was a coincidence, right? Um, from the reports that the, obviously the FBI investigation um, found that that news had been in that garage for, since October, right? Mm. So they do not classify it as a hate crime. Because um, that's what they were. That, that's what it was being investigated as. So, yeah. in my opinion, I do struggle to to really give it that. Um, to give it that, but I do. What I think is more important is the NASCAR's response to it. So instead of you know hiding or not coming out straight, as soon as that noose was found, firstly the authorities were, were put involved. The pe- people in. Um, the the other drivers came together and they said that you know what we're going to show solidarity we're going to show love for Bubba Wallace and I know what I've seen a lot is that a lot of people are saying that they don't really care about um, gestures anymore or they don't care about symbols mm. and I and I and I in the and I previously we've had conversations around um, you know the importance of symbols and I and I do prefer action but I still think there is importance and there is worth in symbols and watching yeah ev- everybody. On that NASCAR, uh, whether it was drivers, whether it was pit crew, whether it was owners, go out there and push Bubba Wallace's car to the front um, of that race special. was special, right? It, it was definitely. I don't, I don't know, I don't watch NASCAR. I don't have any um, affiliation to it. As I said, the, the most I know about NASCAR is through a movie, okay? And to see that, that that was a very special moment in a sport mm. that I that I would traditionally have thought was was a racist sport but no it was, it was mm. fantastic to see um and yes i agree with you that look there, there is a few coincidences in there and then usually a coincidence doesn't that it's not usually in these sort of situations uh we've seen with racism it hardly ever is just a coincidence but yeah okay you know what they, maybe they didn't find the person who if, if it was a crime they haven't found the person who's put it in there or who assigned him to to that to that garage knowing what was what but i think their response was quite powerful and and i think you know people are going to say oh you're overreacting you you, you sh- i wouldn't get my hopes up but i think that does show a sign that times are changing right that in a sport similar mm. to nascar that they would go out there and show that level of support um and, and i think it means a lot yeah yeah um I, I think for me it's just more what the news represents so it wasn't just a random rope that some people refer to it as a noose sometimes. It, it was a genuine noose. And that for me was the the biggest, what drew me towards it so much because I wanted to truly understand what it was and why it was why it was there to begin with. And to me, that's what I just don't understand. Um, the reason as to why it had to be in the garage, why it had been there for so long. Um, and if other people have seen it, 
why that was seen as the norm or why that wasn't flagged as a potential problem. Um, but yeah, I guess the, conf- the whole um, investigation will keep on going. I'm sure we'll get more information as to what the FBI have found and um, yeah, and, and if someone is responsible for it, if it was deliberate. But yeah, no, we'll, see on, we'll see on that one, Jeremy. But anyway, let's, let's stick to America and move on. Talk about the NBA. One of your favorite players, Vince Carter. Ooh. He's retiring. He's leaving the game. Can't, can't, can't jump off the ground the way he used to. But um, after 22 seasons, he's leaving the game. How are you feeling about it all? Yeah, look, I think, yeah, as you mentioned, I do love Vince Carter. I think he's one of those players who have had like a cultural impact on the game. I think he's um, the best dunker of all time. I think his, you know, that famous one where he's like, um, throwing his arms out like it's done, it's done, um, it's over. You can hear Kenny saying it's over, um, and that that it's really over. famous dunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, it, for me, Vince has like a really special place, and he really was one of those players who put basketball on the map in in Canada as well. He put mm, a whole time. city, a whole city on his back, and I think there was a few times where that city probably treated him. Um, treated him a bit worse for wear, to be honest with you, and didn't really take advantage of the actual star that they had in their in their presence. And there's some legendary um, battles against the Sixes, right? Against Iverson, um, he yeah. was like the the clean cut, uh, the clean cut guy, bald head, um, up against Iverson. You know the guy who you know was was against like he was like the anti league guy. You know he was the one that had the dreads. Um, he was the one who like, wore jewelry and and was like the 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 streets meets meets basketball, um, and then you know finally after after all that he progressed into a, a role player into different club and different um, franchises. You know Atlanta uh, being one of them, and I think we get to, we got to see. Oh, he was also in um, the Nets as well. In the Met, there yeah, the Nets, and he was he was, I think he played in Dallas for a little bit as well. Yeah. So. So he, 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 he bounced around, he bounced around, man. And I think that he had, um, he had kind of developed into a, a bit of a role player. And yet, mm. I think that's quite interesting because you don't really see one time superstars turn into role players often. You know, I remember watching the last dance documentary and then Jordan was talking about how Patrick Ewan said that he wanted to play until he couldn't play no more. And then yeah. Jordan was like, nah, that, that's not for me. And I think you see that a lot of the time, right? You, you don't really see, uh, them become just role players and bop around from team to team. So it was. He, I think he he kind of did that masterfully and, and and became a real real asset to those teams as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think he was a great professional. Um, from from what I've read, anyway, it doesn't seem like he got into much trouble. Um, was not in the media for wrong things or any negative news. I, I think the biggest thing or the most negative thing that happened to him in his career was was the major knee injury and leg injury that he had whilst he's playing for the Raptors. And um, I guess they paid him big money and then all of a sudden he had the injuries and um, in the end they, they traded him all the way to Brooklyn. And for me, I, I was interested to look at his numbers to see um, how he did through his whole career. And I, I, was, I thought I'd test you to see what kind of numbers you'd, have, you'd, you'd say he had through his career. So in terms of points, how, how many points do you reckon he averaged during his um, NBA career? Sorry, say that again, bro. How many points do you reckon uh, Vince averaged during his NBA career? 
Uh, so I mean, I mean, <laughs> because you have to take into consideration, you know, the the latter parts of his career. Um, I reckon he probably was something somewhere around eighteen points a year. Um, he probably averaged that for for his career. Okay, so sixteen point seven, three four okay. rebounds, and then three assists. So for me, like an average, not actually, I can't call it average, decent. Um, baller, like a decent baller, not exceptional. Um, but for me, when you hear those numbers, they, they don't shout all-time great. So I feel like if you're going to judge Vince Carter and what he achieved and all that he's done, you have to... Because again, when they're picking Hall of Fame, they take your college career into consideration as well. So he played for North hold Carolina. On, wait, but, but hold on, bro. But those, those stats, you do remember that he has had one of the longest NBA careers of all time, right? And he's played yeah, a lot, yeah. as, as we as we talk, as we spoke about earlier, a lot of these guys um, don't have the longevity of career like this guy has. Um, and yes, obviously, lo- later on, he came off the bench. He, he's, he, you know, from really from like, I don't know, 2010, maybe 2010, that he, he kind of dropped down in his, his numbers as I think that he's still playing another whole... I mean, he's, bro, his, his career started in 1998 and he's finished in 2020. That's crazy. And, you have to, and I, think you, I think they'll probably take that into consideration when they discuss, you know, his, his Hall of Fame career. And, and that's what I think it, it's tough. I think, I think the reason why he'll be in the Hall of Fame is because of what he did for Toronto. I don't think it's going to be on the longevity of his career because... He didn't really make noise or too much noise once he left Toronto. I like can can he really say at any stage? And I feel like to be in the Hall of Fame, at some stage you have to be the best or one of the best in your position. And I wonder if you can, you can say that. Okay, yes, yeah, maybe maybe he might believe that. Maybe he might believe that. But um, I was I was I was looking at the number of times he maybe he got All NBA and, and all that kind of stuff. He wasn't named first team All NBA once throughout his whole career. And so for me, I feel like that's the perfect way for you to get the respect and to highlight that you're one of the best, if not the best in your position at any given season. He wasn't named All-NBA first team once throughout his whole career. He, in so total, let me ask he, you, Alfred, who else was playing in his who else was playing in his position? So it was a small forward. Um, oh, your testimony, Hey, Can you think of anyone? So yeah, of course. So they, as as a small forward back in those days, he was meant to be the the second coming as of, of MJ. You know, you probably had Scotty. You you would have had. Um, Scotty was on the downward spiral by then. There's no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kobe as well. Kobe. Um, He's not a small Kobe's... forward. That's shooting, shooting guard. He, oh, but they, 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 they would they would always um, he would always guard Kobe, and they they would be com- comparable in like who was the next um, MJ. Uh, and, and to be fair, there, there was a little bit of a, a gap in. Uh, to be fair, there's a little bit of a gap in my NBA knowledge there as well. But for me, uh, he was an eight-time All-Star. You know that that's that's nothing to stiff your nose at. A two-time All NBA, um, and he he also as well, and all all team rookie player. So. You know, so I, say, I that, think... say that again. I, I missed that. So he's what? He said he's an eight-time All-Star. Yeah, eight-time All-Star. He was Rookie of the Year in 1998, 1999. He was in the All... Um, he was selected in the All-Rookie team, of course. 
Um, and 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 yeah, he's he's obviously travelled to on the on the USA men's teams as well. Won won medals with them. So I mean, and there's a there's an iconic dunk there that I'll have to send you the link to that he did in the in the uh, US men's team. Yeah. So, okay. So so you think all of that is enough for him? So does that make him a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my opinion, he's a first ballot. Um, you also have to take in consideration he's first ballot because I'll give you a few reasons. What he did for the city of Toronto, he was the first. Okay. Even though Kawhi brought the chip, he was the first, and he was the first superstar there. Um, in his you know two thousand and one season, he averaged twenty seven point six points. Right, that's yeah. I mean. We're kind of we're kind of um whittling. I I hate just whittling down everything to points, but that was what what he averaged that year. After that, um, so I take into his dunks. So first is Toronto. Second is his dunks. Um, he for me he's the the best dunker of all time. Um, it's okay. That's two things. What uh, for me third his longevity, his ability to be a um to be in the in the league for so long so from and and probably his his level of being a, just a fantastic teammate a fantastic person for the for for whichever team he was on so for me that those are three reasons why he should be a first ballot hall of famer so so for me the reason why i don't think he's a first ballot um i i feel like when it when it comes to the hall of fame and all those kind of stuff now i, I feel like it's, they've made it really not easy but it's easier to get into the hall of fame and I feel first ballot should be saved for those who are exceptional and were the best during their time. And I think about those that will be going into Hall of Fame this year. So I want to say it's Kevin Garnett, um, Kobe will be going in this year. And um, so it's Kevin Garnett, Kobe. Oh, is it Ray Allen? I want to say it's Ray Allen as the final one. Let's get, let's get okay, so why, why is Allen Iverson a first ballot Hall of Fame and he's not? Why is Tracy McGrady a first ballot Hall of Famer and he's not? Why is Steve so, Nash? Well, uh, Steve Nash is an MVP, but he's go on. He's MVP, yeah. But for me, Tracy McGrady, um, at one stage during his career, was arguably the best scorer in the league. Arguably the best best scorer in the league. So if it wasn't for his knee injuries and all that kind of stuff, he probably would have had a much better, more successful career. Um, Allen Iverson was able to get to a finals and... Again, he was very impactful on the whole NBA. So that's the reason why I think AI deserves to be first ballot Hall of Famer. But See, when these you look reasons at... that you're giving me don't really like, okay, so Tracy McGrady is one of the best scorers in the league, okay, but um, Vince was the best dunker in the league and he he brought his he brought Toronto to but, the but NBA. There's been so many great dunkers like... though. Yeah, yeah, no, but he's number one. He's, he's the one that you think about. Yeah, fair enough. But no, 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 no. Uh, Look, I don't think about it. He's number one. If you compare, I, I, I challenge anybody to go out and watch um, dunk contests and and tell me who who just just even if you don't even watch the NBA, just type in Vince Carter uh, NBA dunks and tell me what you and tell me what you see. Okay, so okay, so I'll I'll give you a few names now. So some other guys who are not in the um, Hall of Fame for now. So Chris Webber, familiar familiar with Chris Webber. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so do you think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yeah, go on. So, do you think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, Chris Webber? So, do I think he deserves to be a first ballot? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if 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 we're taking into consideration college basketball as well, then yeah. Okay, so he retired in two thousand and eight. 
So 12 years, yeah? Mm. You get you get put into the Hall of Fame or you have the first opportunity after you've been out of the league for three seasons. So he tried in 2008, 12 years ago, and he's still not in the Hall of Fame. So for me, I was looking at his numbers. He averaged 20 points a game, 9.8 rebounds and 4.2 assists. And through his career, he averaged 48.48% from the field. So in terms of how efficient he was, he was one of the most efficient. He's one of the most efficient that's currently not in the Hall of Fame. So for me, could you argue that he had a better career? Uh, Maybe, because he was five-time All-Star. He was five-time All-NBA. He was first team All-NBA once. He was Rookie of the Year and he was a part of that Fab Five team. So in terms of greatness of his career, I, I feel like it matches up a little bit. Maybe the difference being Vince was in Toronto and was the reason why Toronto were put on the basketball map and um, I guess maybe the global map. Um, so I got Chris Webber on there and he actually made it to an Eastern Conference. Um, he actually made it to the finals as well with the Sacramento Kings. So he's played in big finals and consistently was getting to the playoffs also. Um, also got... I was quite surprised by as well was Ben Wallace. So him, in terms of he, he had averaged five points, nine rebounds, and two blocks a game. NBA champion with the Pistons, four-time All-Star, four-time Defensive Player of the Year, five-time All-NBA, five-time All-Defense, two-time rebound leader, and NBA block leader. And he went into the NBA undrafted. So someone like him so impactful to his team consistently one of the best defenders in the league and he's still not in the Hall of Fame Hold on so, so Apple I mean you're, you're giving me examples of people that I think should be in the Hall of Fame and that's the reason why I'm saying to you he's not going to be a first ballot I don't think I don't think he'll be a first ballot again it, it will depend on who else is retiring and if there are other players who are ahead of him that deserves it but I think Ben Wallace and Chris Webber deserve to be in the Hall of Fame before him. Especially if they've been out of they've been out of the league for years now. So if they've been out of the I mean, league for so long, I think they deserve it. And yeah, they deserve it before um Vince Carter does. I mean, I, I think they should be already be in there. So I mean maybe they they might not uh, ever make it. Maybe they, they will later on as a as not a first ballot. But for me if if I'm I'm saying that I think his level of impact on the game is I I, th- I think Vince Carter is definitely his impact has definitely been more felt than Ben and even with his even with his championships there are some players that um, people from around the world know right and I think that's that's Vince and you you know that the NBA Hall of Fame um, Hall of Fame is not just based on um, your playing career it's around your impact as well and what we saw with Yao Ming being in, in the Hall of Fame. His is all about impact. You know, he had a very short career because of injury, but he brought China to to, to the NBA. He brought the NBA to China. So um, it, it has a lot to do with impact as well. For, like I said, I, I understand why people would want to put him in there. But when you have other great players like Ben Wallace, Tim Hardaway, Chris Webber, not in the Hall of Fame yet, and I'm assuming they will be at some stage, I feel that uh, Vince Carter is not a first ballot. I don't, I don't think he's a first ballot. I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think he's a first ballot. I don't think his play was exceptional enough um, for him to be a first ballot. But again, we'll wait and see. Um, we'll see, wait and see how that all plays out. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Yo, Afro, that's another episode done. Yeah. Um, Sports After Party podcast, guys. Please, again, hit us up with your comments. Um, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. And um, yeah, guys, welcome to the party. I'm a different type of rock star. I got class and I got Henny overflowing up my shot glass. And yeah, I know I'm not a keeper, but can you be my mama seater by the time I'm done with this tequila? Cause I'm a different type of rock star. I got class, but don't ask about my past, cause I got scars. And yeah, it's hard to understand.